the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. All other stones in a building are set in reference to that first placed cornerstone. It is foundational and it determines the angle and the integrity of the rest of the structure. You don't lay that foundation stone properly, the rest of the integrity of the structure will crumble. So he understands this part and that's why he's speaking about Jesus like a cornerstone because that's who Christ is in all those ways. Everything about our lives must be squared off of the cornerstone. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Isaiah. Without a solid foundation, Buildings of any shape or size aren't very likely to maintain their structure for an extended period of time. When it comes to the life of a believer, it's absolutely imperative that our foundation is built on the life of Christ. In today's message, Pastor Gary will teach you what Isaiah meant when he referred to the Messiah as the chief cornerstone. In his study, you'll learn just how important it is that your faith is built upon the solid rock of Christ. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Isaiah, chapter 28, as he continues his message, Jesus, our Cornerstone. we know that Isaiah 28, 16 is actually a messianic prophecy that was fulfilled in Christ? Uh, Well, the easiest way that we understand Scripture is by looking at Scripture as a commentary on Scripture. And the Apostle Peter, in his first epistle, in 1 Peter, in your New Testaments, quotes this verse, Isaiah 28, 16, and says specifically, this is a reference to Jesus. Now, you can turn there, but to save time, I'm just going to throw the verses up on the screen for you. It's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 6, and this is what Peter writes. He says, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God, because Christ was rejected, forsaken, nailed to a cross, but he was chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then he adds, for in Scripture it says, and he quotes Isaiah 28, 16. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. 
So Peter tells us specifically that Isaiah's prophecy in Isaiah 28, 16 was a future reference 700 years before Christ about Christ. It's a messianic promise that the stone, the cornerstone is Jesus. And Peter actually personifies the stone, gives life to the stone, gives meaning to the stone of Isaiah 28, 16. Because let me just highlight in yellow for you the words in him. Because this is what Peter adds. In the scripture, in Isaiah 28 in your Bibles, you'll notice that Isaiah just talks about a chosen and precious cornerstone and the one who trusts will never be, Isaiah says, dismayed. Peter expounds on it and says, never be put to shame. But Peter adds trust in him so that everybody understands that the reference of Isaiah 28, 16 is about a person. Not just a stone like some inanimate object, but a real living being. This is a reference to the Messiah, to Jesus being the cornerstone, the tried and true and tested stone, the precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, this is important, folks, because our Bibles present Jesus as that cornerstone. He is the one upon whom the foundation is built. He's that cornerstone. A cornerstone is laid. All the rest of the building is squared off of that stone. So everything about our lives needs, needs to square with Jesus. And Isaiah writes here prophetically about he's the sure foundation. Like you, you're going to need Jesus in your life. You're going to need the, the Messiah because he's going to be the one who will save you, forgive you, love you. He's the one that dies for you. So all of this is pointing towards Jesus. Now, there are a few places in the Bible where the Messiah or the Lord himself is referred to kind of metaphorically as a rock or a stone. And the reason is because like a rock, the Lord is strong sturdy, reliable, dependable. He is unbreakable. He's the bedrock of truth. He's the shelter that we can seek in the storm. This is why David, for example, will write in Psalm 62, verse 2, he alone, he alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Amen. So, when we talk about this, I want you to look in your Bibles there at Isaiah 28, 16, and you're going to note with me three things that, that he says about the Messiah as the stone, the cornerstone, and the sure foundation. Here's the first thing he says. He says, he is a tested stone. He's a tested stone. Jesus has been tried and tested and proved true. He is the real deal. He's been through the fire of betrayal, humiliation, abandonment. People have slandered him. People have falsely accused him. People denied even knowing him. And then people ultimately crucified him. So he's been tested for sure. But through it all, through all of that, betrayal and false accusations and crucifixion, Isaiah will say later in his letter, like a lamb led to a slaughter, he never opened his mouth. He didn't retaliate against his enemies, and he, nor did he deviate from the plan of God for the salvation of the world. Jesus was tested, and he was found true as the only son of God who was faithful to complete the will and purpose of God and for our sake. He's, he's the tested stone. Isaiah also adds here that he is a precious cornerstone. Now, in the world of gemstones, there are two classical categories— Precious and semi-precious stones. 
The precious stones are things like diamonds, emeralds, rubies, sapphires. And there are basically three reasons why a gem falls into the category of precious. And it's because, number one, they're rare. Number two, of their perfection, you know, the the clarity and the perfection of them. Number three, how expensive and valuable they are. And this this speaks about our Lord in, in, in all those three ways. He is the rarest of all. I mean, there's none like him. He was born of a virgin of divine origin, the only son of God. Uh, He's best in quality because though he was tempted in every way as we were and are, the Bible says, he nevertheless, he was without sin. So he was perfect in quality and he's the most valuable because when you have any item that is one of a kind, it has inestimable worth. And that's our Lord. There is nothing and no one comparable to him. He is of inestimable worth because he has no equal. So he's a tested stone. He's a precious cornerstone. And then Isaiah says he's a sure foundation. Now, Isaiah is using building terminology here. He's talking about a foundation. Obviously, this is 700 B.C., so Isaiah is unfamiliar with our modern building materials. You know, he doesn't know anything about two-by-fours or, you know, metal beams or I-beams or soffits or drywall. He doesn't understand any of that. But one thing he does know, and this has been a timeless truth about any building, any edifice, he knows about the cornerstone. He knows that, that every beginning point of any building needs a cornerstone, that that beginning point lays the foundation for the rest of the entire building. The entire building is squared off the cornerstone. All other stones in a building are set in reference to that first placed cornerstone. It is foundational and it determines the angle and the integrity of the rest of the structure. You don't lay that foundation stone properly, the rest of the integrity of the structure will crumble. So he understands this part and that's why he's speaking about Jesus like a cornerstone because that's who Christ is in all those ways. Everything about our lives must be squared off of the cornerstone. Now let me just take a moment at this, at this junction and just kind of pause and explain. This is the reason, by the way, behind our name as a church, Cornerstone Chapel. Uh, when we first started the church 27 years ago, I didn't want to be a part of a denominational structure. There's nothing wrong with denominations. I grew up in one. I'm thankful for my heritage. Uh, but, but that just wasn't the direction that we wanted to go. But neither did we want to be this independent church without accountability. And so shortly after we were first formed as a church, uh, we affiliated with Calvary Chapel Association. Uh, Chuck Smith was the pastor. He went home to be with the Lord in 2013. And Chuck really was my pastor for 20 years until he, until he went to be with the Lord. And even before that, I mean, as a kid, I was listening to Chuck on the radio growing up, just, you know, cutting my teeth, my spiritual teeth on, on, uh, on Chuck's teaching. And so, you know, Chuck was my, like, spiritual dad for many, many years, even before I became a pastor. And so we affiliated with Calvary Chapel. It was a good fit with us. Uh, but here was the problem. First seven years of our church, when we first planted our church, we met over at Simpson Middle School here in town, 
And I was reluctant to name our church Calvary Chapel of Leesburg because I didn't know necessarily where we would end up planting as far as a building goes because we were just mobile at the time in a school. Most Calvary chapels are called Calvary Chapel of, like Calvary Chapel of Philadelphia, Calvary Chapel of Fredericksburg, Calvary Chapel of Fort Lauderdale, all over the country. There's 1,700 plus Calvary chapels around the country today. So because I didn't know where we were going to land, I didn't know if we should be Calvary Chapel Leesburg, Calvary Chapel Ashburn, Calvary Chapel Percival, you know. And so we kept the chapel part because of our affiliation. And the first part of our church's name came from this passage, that Jesus is the cornerstone. And we want everything about our church to be about Jesus. This is who we are. We're not just Cornerstone Chapel in name only. Uh, I'm constantly searching my heart and, and the heart of our church, asking important questions as it relates to Jesus as the cornerstone of our church. I'm constantly asking questions like, does this honor Jesus? Does this dishonor Jesus? Does this reflect well on Jesus? Are we lifting up Jesus? Are people hearing about Jesus, learning about Jesus, and growing in a relationship with Jesus? Are we bringing glory to Jesus? Do we celebrate Jesus? Are we being true to the teachings of Jesus? If you come here, you're going to hear about Jesus because it's all about Jesus. And listen, the day that we stop talking about Jesus, the day we stop talking about Jesus, worshiping Jesus, living for Jesus, and leading people into relationship with Jesus is the day this church dies. And God help us that that day never happens. We're all about Jesus. We're all about Jesus. Jesus is the cornerstone of his church, capital C. And, and he's the cornerstone of our church, small c, not just in name, but in practice. You're going to constantly be hearing us exalting Jesus here, teaching about Jesus, helping people to find relationship with Jesus, because he is the cornerstone of the church, and he is the cornerstone of our salvation. He's the cornerstone of our salvation. Peter quotes, again, here in in, uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 6, he's quoting from Isaiah, and I want you to see something he says. He says, and the one who trusts in him, that's Jesus, will never be put to shame. Listen, one of the wonderful things about coming into relationship with Jesus is he will never shame you. He will never shame you. He just wants to forgive you. Jesus is about forgiving you. He's he's not going to shame you. Did you ever have one of those school teachers? You know, if you didn't do your homework, stand up, Mr. Hamrick, stand up, tell everybody why you didn't do your homework. Was that only my high school experience? I, I don't know. But, I, you know, it, how, how, how much would you want to cozy up to that if, that if Jesus were like that? Like, oh, you're coming to me again for forgiveness? I mean, haven't we been around this barn a few times already? You know, what's your problem? I died once. Why can't you live for me once? <laughs> and, it's, and it's wonderful that he doesn't, he doesn't shame us like that. You know, remember the story of the woman caught in adultery? The story of the woman caught in adultery in the Bible. Now, most Bible scholars say it was a setup, okay, that the religious leaders were trying to discredit Jesus, and so they were putting him on the spot in a public way to try to, you know, call him out and and see what he would say in response to this. They haul this woman before Jesus in a public square 
who was caught, this woman, caught in the act of adultery. So she's probably still wrapped in a bed sheet, I imagine, and they haul her in front of Jesus and say, Jesus, we caught this woman caught in adultery, and the act itself, the law commands us to stone her to death. What do you say? And then they kind of step back, like, let's just see how Jesus handles this one, you know. Because if he says, yeah, let's stone her to death, then it's gonna, he's going to be tough on the law. If he says, no, let her go, he's going to be soft on the law. Let's just see where he comes down. And so, Jesus, this is that story where it, he just scoop, stoops down and starts writing with his finger in the dirt. And then, he, and then he stands back up. Nobody knows what he wrote. I sometimes wonder if he was killing time while he could pray, you know. You ever been in a situation like that? <laughs> I have. He, he stands back up, and he says, all right, well, you who are without sin, go ahead and cast the first stone. And then the Bible says, one by one, they left, the older ones first. You know why, right? Because the older you are, the longer you've lived life, the more sin you got, right? So you're, you're more aware of, I've done a lot of stuff in my life. So they peel off until no one is left standing except Jesus and this woman. And one of the most tender-hearted things about the way that he dealt with her was he didn't shame her. For goodness sake, she's already humiliated and shamed enough standing in this public square with all these people now knowing her deepest, darkest sin. And instead of shaming her, Jesus says, woman, where are your condemners? Where are they? Is anyone here? She says, no one, sir. He says, neither do I condemn you. And he says, go and sin no more. Now, he wasn't soft on sin because he told her, don't sin anymore. Don't do this anymore. But he was also heavy on grace. Because he says, neither do I condemn you. He knew her heart that she had experienced enough shame what, what good is it going to do to heap shame? So he just loves her and tells her, don't sin anymore, and, and, he, and he dispenses to her much-needed grace. The wonderful thing about coming into relationship with Jesus is that he's the cornerstone you can trust because he's never going to put you to shame. He just wants to forgive you. He loves you and wants to accept you and receive you. Now, here's where it's important in, in the last few minutes we have. So don't, don't tune out. Because he's not just the cornerstone of the church, but he is. And he's not just the cornerstone of our salvation, though he is. The question becomes, if you're a follower of Christ, is he the cornerstone of every aspect of your life? This is the important question all of us must ask of ourselves before we leave here today. It's one thing to say, oh, Jesus is my Lord, because he's the cornerstone of my salvation. Okay, I get that. But I know a lot of people who talk about Jesus can even quote Jesus. But Jesus is not really the cornerstone of their lives. You know what he is? He's just another brick somewhere else in the structure of their life. Some, someone that you just insert conveniently in your life and if you can insert him conveniently, you can remove him conveniently because if he's just another brick in the structure of your life, nothing will be affected really if he just comes and goes. But if he's the foundation, you remove the foundation, the whole building crumbles. Too many Christians have made Jesus just another brick in the wall of their life. And he needs to be the cornerstone. Not just because he is, but because you acknowledge his rightful place. So I want to ask some questions. This is for all of us just to kind of get us thinking about these things. And this isn't an exhaustive list, but it's just to get us started. Is he the cornerstone, for example, 
of your marriage? Do you love your wife in a way that is honoring her because you're honoring Jesus as the cornerstone of your marriage? Are you as a wife respecting your husband because you're respecting him as unto the Lord because he's the cornerstone of your marriage? You see, the cornerstone, again, means that everything about our lives is built off of the cornerstone. So that includes everything. And if you're not married, you have to ask the same thing. Is he the cornerstone of your dating life? Are you dating someone who shares the same values, principles, and faith as you? And do you put in place boundaries in your dating relationship that honors Jesus as the cornerstone of your relationship, or is Jesus just a brick in the relationship? And how about your sexuality in general? If you're married, your sexuality needs to be faithfulness in marriage. If you're single, your sexuality needs to be abstinence in singleness. This is if you want Jesus as the cornerstone. But people, again, conveniently, I just think I want Jesus as a brick in my life because I don't really like that whole restrictive thing on my sexuality. What about, uh uh-oh, your social media? You say, really, Pastor G, are you going to touch on my social media? Yeah, just for a minute, if you don't mind. I'm going to anyway, if you mind. But you have have a chance to sneak out and nobody will notice you. Um, There are some people I would never hire because of their social media. If you're young, you need to be aware that when you put something out on social media, it's out there forever. And it could hinder you from ever getting hired somewhere. You say, no, no, I can remove it. I can take it off. Somebody's already taken a screenshot of it, brother, sister. Okay, it's out there for the rest of the world forever. Are you proud of what you put out there on social media? Does it reflect Jesus as the cornerstone? And here's something else. You may not have put it out there, but you retweet it. But are people like, is your Facebook page and, and, your, and your Twitter feed, is, is, it, is it all, you know, full of a bunch of stuff that would be dishonoring to Jesus? I'm amazed that some people are like, I'm a Christian, but, I, but this was a funny little joke. I'm going to retweet. And, the, and in the retweet, there's the F-bomb that's dropped. It's like, well, I didn't say it. Yeah, I know you didn't say it, but are you reflecting on your social media that Jesus is the cornerstone? Does he have every part of your life, or is he just a brick in the wall? How about this? How about in your business and in your work, your place of employment? If you're an employee, do you show up on time? Do you honor God because you're going to honor your employer by going the extra mile and having a strong work ethic? If you're an employer, are you generous to your employees and kind to them because Jesus is the cornerstone of your business and Jesus is the cornerstone of, of, your, of your work? Or what about your finances? Since it's all come from him, is Jesus the cornerstone of your finances? Are you managing the money that he's given you in such a way that it honors and glorifies him? Do you tithe? Do you give him a tenth? Or do you wait to the end of the month to see what's left over? Do you honor him? Are you out of debt? Or at least do you have a method to pay down your debt? Because debt is a stronghold and strangles generosity. And generosity is the character of our father. So if you want to be generous with what he's given you, you're going to have to get out of debt. You're going to have to manage your finances well that you're honoring him always in that category. It's all his anyway. Or what even about your friends? Have you you chosen friends? Do you surround yourself with people that you will help build them up in their faith and they help build you up in your faith? 
And finally, just by way of discussion, again, it's not an exhaustive list, what even about your thought life? The things you entertain in your mind, we talked about this last week, do you take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ, because you want him to be the cornerstone even of your thoughts? So along these questions and many more, come up with your own, how about we move Jesus from the wall and get him back to the cornerstone where he belongs and make him the chief cornerstone of every aspect of our lives. Amen? Thanks for tuning in today for Pastor Gary Hamrick's verse-by-verse study through the book of Isaiah here on Cornerstone Connection. We're glad we're able to bring you these teachings straight from God's Word. But we're even more glad you chose to spend time with us today. We love hearing from our listeners. So please give us a call if you have a moment and tell us how you've been impacted by this ministry. Our phone number here is 703-771-1500. When you call, let us know how we can be praying for you. Again, our number is 703-771-1500. If you missed any part of this broadcast or would like to explore more of Pastor Gary's teachings as he's been working his way through the Bible, we invite you to visit cornerstoneconnection.cc. Our entire archive is available there along with companion study resources. Just look under the teachings tab. You can also download our mobile app to connect with scripture whenever and wherever you happen to be. There's a link to that under the teaching tab or search for Cornerstone Chapel in your app store. If you're in the Leesburg area, you're invited to join us at Cornerstone Chapel for our weekly services. You'll find more information at cornerstoneconnection.cc. That's all we have time for in today's study of Isaiah. Thanks for tuning in to Cornerstone Connection. You know